Parshas Tetzave, it's a packed Parsha, packed Shabbos, it's Parsha Zohar, where we remember the the erasing. It's hard to remember if we if we forgot it already, then there's nothing to erase. But there's something to remember about erasing. What are we erasing about Amalek? What did Amalek try to do? And why is this Shabbos always, Parsha Zohar is always the Shabbos before Purim? So we have a lot of, of uh, loose ends. Each one is a, uh, a parsha in its own to talk about Parsha Tzitzave, which is the second of the parshas that talk about the Mishkan. Primarily it deals with the clothing of the, of the Kayin Gadol. Oh, the Maisha, we've been holding, holding off until you come. Parshas Tetzave is, is usually also Parshas Zohar, and is this year. And Parshas Zohar is always the Parsha before Purim. And it's no coincidence the, the Meforshim talk about that in the entirety of the Torah, since the beginning of Parshas Sefer Shmois, till the end of the Torah, every Parsha since the beginning of the birth of Moshe Rabbeinu, his name is always in every parsha except in Parshas Tetzave. And it cannot be a coincidence that always Parshas Tetzave falls out the week of Zion Odor, which is the yard site and the birthday of Moshe Rabbeinu. And there's also another connection, of course, between Parshas Tetzave and Purim, because we know that the, the, the Megillah, the, the Gemara about Megillah, we know the Sefer, the Megillah's Esther, which was written by Esther and Mordechai, and then it was... Um, I don't know what the right word is. As the Gemara in Bobasa says, that it was uh, redacted, perhaps, is the right word, by the Anshaknes Sagdoila to be in the final form. But it was written by the Nevi'im, Mordechai, who was part of the Anshaknes Sagdoila, and, and Esther, who was also a Nevi'a, one of the Shiva Nevi'is. They wrote, the, they wrote it. But in face value, we know just like it doesn't have Hashem's name in the whole Megillus Esther, and that's why Seifrim always practice they, their first thing that they, have, they should write is Megillus Esther, because they can't make a terrible mistake with the name of Hashem. Mm-hmm. Tfilin and mezuzahs have mm-hmm. chock full of, of, of uh, Shemois, and it has to be written in order. And Sefer Torah also has many shamers of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and we don't want a new Sefer to start playing around with the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But Megillus Esther doesn't have, in face value, it doesn't have any shamers of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But since it was written with Nebuah, so it has a deeper sense of the, the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so much so that the Svarim, the Vilnagoyan, and the Sifri Kodesh of in the in the Kabbalistics write that every time it says Hamelach in the Haggadah in the in the Megillus Esther, when it doesn't say Hamelach Achashverosh, when it says Hamelach, it means Hakadosh Baruch, the King of Kings. 
And that's why when you buy a Megillah, there is a Hidur to call to have a Hamelach Megillah, which means that every almost every column begins with the word Hamelach. They, they work it out. They, they, they work it out in the, in the uh, planning out of the pages. And that's what's called the Hamelach to show this idea that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is everywhere but nowhere. And you have to see it. You have to want to see it. And as the Megillah, Megillah starts off, Vahib Bimeach was the time of Achashverosh, Kol Vahib the Gemara and Daf Yudha says, is Atzara is going to happen. Bad things are going to happen. So asks the Gemara, what do you have to say? Who Achashverosh? We just said it was in the time of Achashverosh. Who Achashverosh? He was Achashverosh. What do you mean? He was. He, he we just said we were in the time of Achashverosh. <coughs> so in a joking Purim dick way, they say they go who Achashverosh. <laughs> we're talking about Achashverosh. Okay, that, that's a joke. That's a Purim dick joke. Just to get you get you smiling before this year. <laughs> But the Gemara says, "Who Achashverosh? Who Berishasai? Mitchilasai at Seifai? He was the Gemara of Yud Aleph, Amen Aleph. Who Achashverosh? He was Achashverosh. The same guy in the beginning. He was in his rishus, in his evil plans to destroy the Jewish people. As much as Haman, he just found a partner in crime, a good partner in crime, finding someone from Amalek." Right, who could do the job like no one else? He was Achashverosh. His wishes in the beginning, when he started out, and even at the end, when he saw the Nisim firsthand, he saw he had a he, he had a, a a seat right in the, right in the front, right near Mordechai and Esther. And he saw exactly how things turned around, and he knew what he planned more than anybody else. And he still remained in his rishas. Rishas mitchilasai Because, you know why? Because the Megillah Esther was not talking to him. The Megillah is without Hashem's name. It doesn't speak to the... We're not trying to impress the world at large. Even the people who seem to be eyewitnesses. Aiden. Right? But it, they can see it, but not see it. The Megillah Esther is speaking to the Jewish people. It's speaking to us. And we were Mekabal, the Torah, Kimu Kiblu. We accepted the Torah that was second to only Harsinai itself. The revelation of, of, of Purim was so profound that it again matched up to Harsinai, Kimu Kiblu, Kimu Mashikiblu Kfar. At Harsinai, they accepted and rededicated themselves. Every single Jew got the message, no matter if they were there or they were elsewhere, anywhere else in the world, where the the decree of Haman, in the same way that the decree of Haman permeated the entire world, Minar Vadzokin, from the oldest to the youngest. All over the world, all 127 Medinois, which the Gemara says that Achashverosh was one of those four people that were Nimlach Bekipa, he reigned over the entire world. In the same way, every single Jew all over the world got the message of Purim. You don't have to see it with your eye, 
with your fleshy guy, but you can see it with your neshama. And therefore they rededicated themselves like no other time except Matan Torah. And then it, it, it was mashlim. What was Maimon Har Sinai was lacking because of the Koflam Har Kigigis that was a, 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 a big measure of Yira. Here it was Me'avas Hanes from the, just the pure love and, and, and the Simcha how things turned out because of their dedication they became they rededicated themselves to to the Torah quick question Rabbi you said five minutes ago that on this Parsha this Parsha every year is the Parsha uh, after Moshe Rabbeinu's uh, birthday and and, yes. and demise Zion Nader, yes, and which also co- coincides every year with Purim, yes, it's completely nonsensical, right? And and it's the only parsha that Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not in the parsha. One would think that Moshe Rabbeinu would be associated with the most glorious, correct? Uh, so okay, correct. So the, so the Balaturim already in the beginning of the parsha asks this question: Why isn't Moshe Rabbeinu's name in the parsha? And he brings. You know, Balaturim is always a good place to start. Lohiskir Moshe Bezeh HaSeder. Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not in this week's parsha. It says, it refers to him, but it refers to him Va'ata, and you. Who's you? Moshe Rabbeinu. Says the Balaturim, Shemishosh and Moshe ain't Seder Shaloi Huskerba. From the time that he, do, he was born, and I think there's, there's a diok here, from the time that he was born, there's no Seder that doesn't, no Parsh doesn't have his name in it. Vatam, and why is his name not here? Because Moshe Rabbeinu will say at the time of the Egel, which is interesting, that's next week's Parsha, he, he so dedicated to the Jewish people when they sinned with the golden calf, with the Egel, he said, Erase me from, don't destroy the Jewish people, erase me from your Torah, and don't destroy the Jewish people. And a kilas chacham, the Gemara in the Gemara we're going to have the Gemara in, in Makis actually on Yud Aleph. We're going to get there. Kilas chacham afilu al tnaiba. When a when a great man makes a condition, makes a says a, a a curse, even if it's conditional and the conditional was not met, it still comes true in a certain way. And therefore, his name is on this parsha. Now, of course, we have to ask the question: Why parsha tetzave? What's the connection with Parshas Tetzaveh? And, and of course, all the Meforshim asked the question, Moshe Rabbeinu should be punished for that? What was, what was a curse? He, he was so devoted to the Jewish people. He gave up his life for the Jewish people and said, destroy me. Erase my name from the Torah. So why would he be punished by his name not being in the in, in this week's parsha? And what's the connection to this week's parsha? Now the Balaturim continues and he says that there's another reason why Moshe Rabbeinu's name was not in the parsha, because Moshe Rabbeinu argued with Hakadosh Baruch whether he should be the man for the job to save the Jewish people and take them out of Mitzrayim. And we know, like we've spoken, that. At the snare, when he was being given this job, and he was his first interview for this job, 
he said, Akash Baruch told him that I'm commissioning you to take them out of Mitzrayim and bring them to Har Sinai. When you take them out of Mitzrayim, you're going to serve me on that mountain, which is talking about Har Sinai. So Moshe Rabbeinu at that moment was being told, you are going to be the Noise Natoira. And he argued for seven days with Akosh Baruch Hu, back and forth, back and forth. Ultimately, he said, I have an older brother. Right? And he's, he should be. And that's what the, the, the Balaturim says that. Um, that's the connection between Parshas Tetzav, which talks about the Big Day Kahuna, because at that time, Akash Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbeinu that your brother, back in Parsha Shmois, Dalid, it's on page 308, Dalid, Pasig Yud Dalid. He finally got angry with him. Akash Baruch doesn't get angry very often. He'll be your spokesperson. He'll go with you. But you got to do, this is your job. And, the, and it refers to Aaron Ochicho Halevi. It calls him the Levi. Says Rashi, that's the way it was supposed to be. Le- Aaron was supposed to be the Levi, and you, Moshe, was supposed to be the Kayan. You're the Melech, you're the Kayan. Says Rashi, Aaron was not supposed to come from you, Rashi says. But now it's not going to be that way. You argue with me too much. I'm taking away Kahuna from you. Elohu Yekayan, Levi. Aaron is going to be the Kayan, and you're going to be the Levi. It's Rashi over there in Parsha Shmois on page 308. That's that's what happened here. So therefore, here is the big Dekuna. And here is where, where in our parsha, uh, parshas Tetzava, it says Va'ata Tetzava, you command the Jewish people, and they should take the Shem and Zayis, Zoch, the pure, purest of oils, and now Va'ata Hakre Ve'lechos Aranochicha. On page four sixty four, in the beginning of Tetzava, you bring close a lecha to you. As Aaron Achicha, Aaron, your brother. What's so ask the Orachaim Hakadosh? What what is going on here? What's again Va'ato? We know we're was talking to Moshe Rabbeinu. Hakrei ve'lecha. What's a and what's a lecha? What's the lashon of Hakrei? It's like a korban. What is what does this mean? This is the Orachaim Hakadosh asking. So I'll, I'll just paraphrase what he says. He says Moshe Rabbeinu needed a tikkun. For arguing with Akash Borhu. And that's why he was Kuna was taken away from him and given to who? To Aaron, his brother. And that's why it's in this week's parsha because here, where Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not there, <coughs> that's where he got his tikkun by making personally, taking with his hands, taking Aaron as the Kohen. Hakrev is like 
like being makriv a korban. Sacrifice. What are you sacrificing? You're finding your tikkun by doing this action of taking Aaron and making him into the kayan. That's how you are rectifying the sin of arguing and uh, with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And that's why the big dikuna are in this week's parsha. Okay, yeah. we're getting we're getting a little bigger, clearer picture. And and the, look at the Arachaim Hakadosh. It's a beautiful beautiful piece. But we can't be satisfied with, with this shitchias understanding it all comes together. There's a, there's a vort that, I, that I, I used to hear very often from my father, as part of it, from the Vilna Goyen. And you know, when, as I always say, when, when Yesaidites are crossed the Jewish board from the Vilna Goyen to the Hasidic Shesvarim to the Ksifre Kabbalah you know it's the MS and it's revealing something true that we have to hear the Vilna Goyen says when everyone agrees everybody agrees the Vilna Goyen says something that is so Vilna Goyen <coughs> and it's going to knock your socks off about this week's Parsha to answer the question why in this week's Parsha Moshe Rabbeinu was named why should he be punished He's dedicated himself for the Jewish people. I mean, he, he, sh- he deserves a punishment? Needs a tikkun? So the Vilna Goyen has a different view about this that gives, brings us down a, level, a couple levels to get to the panemius of what's going on here. And then we can try to understand in the, in the, the, that how it fits in with why the Parsha Zohar and what it was a Amalek. You know, we learn a lot from our enemies. We learn a lot from our enemies, of course, of course, the enemies of old. We learn a lot from. They had a tremendous insight, as Chazal tell us, and we're going to talk about a little bit. And why Pasha Zohar is always in this, near this, this, this week's Parsha. Says the Vilna Goyen that it's true. It's true that Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not here. But you know what that means? That means his name is not here Benigla, in clear view. But in Nister, his name is there. Oh, wow, we get Nister, we start getting nervous, right? Says the Vilna Goyen, don't get nervous. At the end of the Parsha, there's a little hint. It tells us how many Psukim in each Parsha. And at the end of the Parsha, it says how many Psukim are there in Parsha's Tetzaveh? Kufalif. Kufalif, second. 101 psukim. Says the Vilna Goyen, that only the Vilna Goyen could say, mm-hmm. that it's true Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not there benigla, but his name is there benister. What does that mean? Every gematria, every letter, mm-hmm. has a gematria to it, a value. Has a nig- there's a nigla val- numerical value, and has a nister numerical value. What does that mean? They take the letter Moshe, Mem. Mem is 40. But when you spell out the word mem, it's mem mem. Mm-hmm. So that's called that the gematria nigla is 40, mm-hmm. and it happens to be that the nister is also 40. But that's the gematria nister is what you don't see in the letter, but you say it, it's there in the pronunciation of the letter. Mm-hmm. So it happens to be a 40. Mm-hmm. Shin is 300. Right? So mem shin hey in Nigla is 345. Mm-hmm. 345. The Nister of Mem Shin Hei is 40. Mm-hmm. 
Shin is Shin Yud Nun, which is how much? The Yud Nun is... 300. And no, without the 300. 60. Just the Nister part of it is Yud Nun is 60. So 40 and 60 is how much? 100. 100. And He is spelled He Aleph, which is Aleph is 1. So that's 101 is the Nister of Moshe Rabbeinu's name. Says the Vilna Goyen, and that he saw, he see all these things. You know, Wait, so the nister means the, the nister after the original letter. Yeah, the nister that we don't see, we just say it. Mm-hmm. That's, a con- that's a concept in, in, in gematria. In gematria. The nigla of of the gematria of Moshe is is three forty five, Sh- mem shin and hey. Three forty-five. The Nister the Matri is one oh one. And that's how many Psukim. So even though Moshe Rabbeinu is not in the Parsha, but he's there oh he's there deeper. And, what and does it, it Nister means hidden? It means that that just like God is hidden in the Megillus Esther, which means Megillus Esther, revealing what's hidden, Esther comes in the word Anoichi Hastir Astir. I'm hidden, I'm I'm concealed. It's for the trained eye to see. Mm-hmm. You need a microscope or a telescope or a, a, a x-ray machine to see what you can't see with the naked eye. Mm-hmm. So here also, in the Megillus Esther, we are tr- being trained. We were trained by Mordechai to see what's deeper. And that's why we, the Jewish people, we exited from the miracle of, of course, alive, but with a king of a kibla, with a... A, 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 a something that's on, on course and maybe even more than Maimed Har Sinai itself. And in, in this week's Parsha, we see Moshe Rabbeinu is there on a deeper level. He's in the Nister. So on the contrary, he wasn't punished. He was given a, a, a more profound position in the Parsha than anybody else I don't see Moshe Rabbeinu's name in the whole parsha. It says, "Open up your eyes." He's there under the surface. He's rooted. He's rooted in the parsha. What does that mean? What does that mean? He's rooted in the parsha. Another interesting thing we see. My father loved saying this vort from the Vilna Gaon. This specifically. Yeah, he liked saying this Vilna. It's in the green sefer. Mipnimim mishulchan hagro. It's there. The Kailo has the sefer. Um, in, he- in English, it's in Hebrew. It's in Hebrew, oh. but I'm sure it's translated somewhere in the. And that's that's the so the Chassam Seifer also grapples with this idea that how was Moshe Rabbeinu punished, and you know there's but there's another interesting thing. Why do from we from the argument from the, the argument original, the original argument original argument why would Moshe be punished? The bush, the bush. So now we're coming to a uh, revealing mm-hmm. a dimension that no he wasn't punished. He was brought to a deeper level. Now, it, let's, let's explain this simply. Mm-hmm. Every time we make a bracha, we take a cup of coffee, and we make, Baruch ato Hashem Elokim shehakol nyebedvaroi. Baruch ato Hashem. We say to God, you. That's called noichach in Hebrew, direct, second person. Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking to my friend, hey you. Mm-hmm. That's how you, that's how you say, talk to God? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like, what, we're buddies? We're like on the same level? We don't, we don't always talk to your rabbi or your perf- someone in third person. Mm-hmm. That's how I was taught. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's how, you, 
Mr. So and So or Mrs. So. Oh no, no. You come to your friend's house. And the mother says, "Oh, oh, call me Shirley. Don't call me." No, I'm not going to call you Shirley because I wasn't raised like that. I can't, you're older than me. You're, you're. I'm friendly with your son or your daughter. I will not call you Shirley, <laughs> Mrs. So and So. And even if it makes you feel older, it's a matter of respect. I can't do that. But that's a separate issue. <laughs> but we call it, we say, Baruch Atah, and right away we say, what do we do? We say, Hashem, Yudke Vavke. We pull back. That is the, what the Nefesh HaChaim says, is the Seder of the Brachas that we do. HaKosh Baruch wants us to feel that closeness as if it's Atah, you, because he's giving us the coffee or the fruit or whatever. It's for us. The whole world was created for us, for me. Once I drink that coffee, no one else will in the whole world will ever benefit from it. So HaKosh Baruch Hu handed me this cup of coffee. That's, that's closeness. But then Hashem, we realize, I know he's not only my God. <laughs> you know, he's, he's everybody's God, the whole world. And Hazan Esa'ilam Kuloi everybody everybody gets what they need we say this is what we say but we do say when we start the parsha Hakashbohu says you I'm pulling you in to be my, my, my partner, my you're with me, after you and me. Mm-hmm. Now we're, gonna, we're creating the second stage of the Mishkan. This Vishachamti Besoicham that I'm coming down to live among the, the, this world. You're going to help me do this, Vaata you. Mm-hmm. It's a personal, and Vaata Hakrev, you will now bring Aaron into this. Very intimate. Intimate. This is, the, this is the beauty, this is where he's being... Yes, it's be, because of his devotion. So yes, of course the Balaturim is not wrong, and why his name is not here, but on a deeper level he was pulled into a closer because of his devotion to the Jewish people and to the cause, and because he only undertook the cause after understanding what he, was, what he wanted to get out of it. And what he wanted to really accomplish, and let's let's explain that a little bit. We find the fascination in the in the Megillah, in the Gemara Megillah. And Megillah was written as if a guy could read it and say, "Ooh, that's a cute story, that's a nice story," and you can remain. in his rishus. Wow, that's interesting how things turned out. Okay, Haman's dead, Vashti is dead, and okay, I have a new queen, and um, you know. I'm still the king, right? And pass me the, the beer, right? And I'll have another party uh, like, like only he knew how to make. But there was a depth of, that we see that the Gemara says these Rishayim were obsessed with what? Jews. With the b- Big Day Kahuna. Mm-hmm. With the Big Day Kahuna Badafka and the Kalim of the Beis Migdash. But something strange. The Gemara says on... You know, and Daf Yud Gimel Amud Beis in in Megillah. I'm sorry, Daf Yud Aleph Amud Beis. Kishevus by Yomim Ahem Kishevus Hamelach Achashverosh. 
when he was when he was sitting. Keshavas Hamelach, he was sitting. What do you have to say that for? Says the Gemara, Keshavas is the word Shabbos. Keshavas, like Shabbos, he was restful. He had peace of mind. What peace of mind? He was waiting, biting his nails about the 70 years of Golos that he knew were promised by the Nevi'im, that 70 years of Golos Bavel, and then Akash is going to come and redeem his people, bring him back to Yushalayim. And therefore, everybody else's kingdom is second fiddle. And Nebuchadnezzar he says, made his cheshben and he made a mistake. My father-in-law, Balshatzer, made a mistake, calculated and made a mistake. But I made a calculation, says Achashverosh, and I didn't make a mistake. And, he, and the Gemara goes to a whole half a Amud, about each one, how they calculated the 70 years and how they counted it and how years that overlap from kingdoms, from one king to another, and but when the, each one came to their calculation of 70 years and nothing happened, they said, okay, Akash decided he's not going to redeem his people. They took out the Big Dei Kahuna and, and put on the Big Dei Kahuna. What's this what's obsession with the Big Dei Kahuna? And the Kalim of the Beis Amigdash. I mean, I know symbolically, but each one, Nebuchadnezzar, Balshatzer, and Achashverosh, Had this obsession with the big day kahuna. This, this week's parsha, right? And then, of course, they all made a mistake, and therefore they were they were destroyed. We we have hints to this in the in the Megillah. We read those portions with the Megillah's Eicha tune. You know. The, in the, tu- in the tune of Eicha, all of a sudden we're pulled out of Purim, you know, with our clown masks, and we're sitting on the floor of Tishabov, right? And then we right away go about, come out of it. It makes a mikdash. These Rishoyim were obsessed with the big day kuhuna, and the, what, what, what is this all about? The Gemara says in the Dorim, Daf Samach Beis, says, "Call a mishtamish bekisra shel Torah." Whoever uses the crown of Torah for their own purposes, to gain uh, respect or to financially become wealthy or whatever it is, is nekar minoilam. They become uprooted from the world, and the raya the Gemara in the Dorim brings is from Balshatzer. The Balshatzer, the father-in-law of Ahasuerus, used when he made his calculation after the Churban Habayas. And he made his calculation that the 70 years were up. And he went and he put on the Big Day Kahuna. And the Begodim of Big Day Kahuna at that time were not functional because it was a time of Chorban and still he made a mistake and he was destroyed so Lachas Kama Kama someone who undermines the Kisra Shal Torah which as the Gemara says Shuchai V'kayim Lo'ilam 
it's alive and well, which is alive and enduring forever, I mean, it never loses its sanctity, Allah has come of a kami, he's deserving of such a punishment. So bring a Kavachimer from Balshatzer. Yeah, that's what's going on here. All of these Rishayim, starting from Amalek, which was the beginning right after Matan Torah, right after Kriyas Yamsov, came Amalek, Vayovay Amalek, Lilochem in Yisrael. They wanted to cool off, as the, 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 as the Chazal tell us, they wanted to cool us down from our high, high on Sinai, right? We were, we were all pumped up. And they wanted to bust our balloon. So you're not so untouchable. Yeah, of course they got... But it, it made a dent. And that dent, says the Gemara Megillah of Zion, becomes the source of, of Megillus Esther. How do you know Megillus Esther is part of Tanakh? Which is the 24th book of Tanakh. And after that, no other book can be called Sifrei Kodesh because they have to be Sifrei Nevi'im and Beruach HaKodesh. And the Gemara goes, how do you know Ruach Esther was Ruach HaKodesh? Nemra and was written Beruach HaKodesh? Was because of, it represents the Mechias HaMolech. Now that Mechias HaMolech that, that Megillus Esther represents has to be something that is hinted to in the Torah. And the way it's hinted to in the Torah is because it says in the Parshas B'Shalach, which we read a few weeks ago, it says, Ksoiv Zois Zikoran Basefer. And, and there's a, the way we, we learn that Pasuk, Ksoiv Zois, Mashikosov in Parshas B'Shalach, and what says in Parshas Kiseitse, which is, we'll read this Shabbos, which is referring back to that story. So each one is not considered a separate one. Ksoiv Zois is one Mashikosov in Parshas B'Shalach and in Parshas Kiseitse. Zikoron is what it says in the, par- in, in the, in the Nevi'im by Agag and Shoal, who didn't kill Agag and allowed him to live and to have a child, right? And, and that's why he, Shmuel took away the, took away the Melucha from Shoal and gave it to David HaMelech, right? And Basefer is hinting to Megillus Esther. And that's the foot in the door that Esther became, has its place in the Sifrei, the last of the Sifrei Kodesh of Tanakh. That's it. But Safer, safer Esther is something that has to give us a boost that will last for all times. That's why the Kimu Kiblu has to be so powerful and so profound that it has to dig deep not just to that generation but it has to dig deep for all generations. That's what the Gemara says. It's, Torah is Chai V'Kayam it's alive and enduring. It's forever. It's as alive today as it was at the time of Matan Torah and at the time of, of Purim. That's the only way that this is where this holiday. We might not see it, but you've got to dig deeper. That's Va'ata Tetzavah. And this is what Moshe Rabbeinu was being gifted. I want to use that's the right word. He was being gifted in this week's Parsha by being able 
present and to <coughs> plant <coughs> and to root the Torah in the hearts of the Jewish people forever. And he was, and only he was given this gift. And that's the Atan you, the closeness of that you. You might not see my name there. It's not in the revelation of the Torah that anybody could read. That's being translated. You won't find my name in that parsha. But in the root, and that's what Baal Shatzer and all these Rishoyim were fighting against. We don't want the eternity of the Jewish people. We want it to finish with the 70 years and now we're having parties. We're, 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 we're in charge. We're the king. We don't want to share with anybody. So the Atah is representative. It wasn't just Moshe's close. We, the Jewish people, have that. That's right. And that Moshe Rabbeinu gave it to us mm-hmm. by planting it into the Torah in this week's Parsha. The closeness. Right. And this is what this is what the 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 the, the mitziv in this week's parsha, the mitziv in his sefer Amek Amek Dover. The mitziv says the mitziv says. Moshe Rabbeinu. <coughs> the giver of Torah wanted to preserve the Torah forever. The preservation of Torah means that in each generation there's a little bit of Moshe Rabbeinu in you and in you as you learn the Gemara with your mind and you think to yourself who am I to understand what the my Rabbi Rabbi Kalevsky used to say he said it in the Rambam. I don't remember ever seeing it inside, but he said it in the Rambam. Writes this in Pirush Mishayas somewhere. Omer Mar, you heard? You ever heard Omer Mar? It's a common phrase in the Gemara. Mar stands for Moshe Rabbeinu. Mm. Mar is Moshe Rabbeinu, not Mister. Moshe Rabbeinu. Every person who is reading Gemara is a Moshe Rabbeinu. When did we get that title? We got that here in Parshas Tetzaveh. You bring close your brother Aaron, says the Nitziv, Moshe and Aaron represent two principles and root systems of learning and understanding Torah. They are representative in the two main parts of the, of the Mishkan, the Oroin and the Menorah. Moshe represents the Oroin, which we said last week is Enam and Amida, Mokam HaOroin, Enam and Amida, it's eternal, we, we, we learned, and the, and the Menorah is illuminates. Aaron, with his pleasantness and his purity of, of heart and soul, was represent says says the Nitziv, <clears throat> represents the the uniqueness of the illumination of of wisdom, being honest, integrity in your intellectual pursuit. The Menorah illuminate see things clearly. Don't fool yourself or others in logic that is illogical, in a you know, some people, when people scream, and then you say, okay, you, you, not that you're right, 
but you scream louder than me. I'm tired of, of being screamed at. When two chavrusas are, are fighting with each other, they have to realize it's Hill and Shammai. It's a machloikish l'shem shamayim. We're looking for the truth. We're both on the same side. You feel that your truth and line of logic is this way, and I feel it's this way. But we're both on the same side. We're both arguing the same point, in a, in a, in a sense. Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron represented these two powers of understanding Torah. And Moshe Rabbeinu, his gift to the world, not to his family. So even that kahuna was taken away from him, and we don't see anything... Okay, Levi, yes, it's also from family, but we don't see anything that he gave to his children. Other than their Levian, we don't know anything about his children. But he, because everything he put into the Torah, you command, you put into the Torah depth of ownership. That every single Yid who opens up a Chumash, man, woman, and child, they can connect as if they're Moshe Rabbeinu. That was the gift. And Moshe Rabbeinu put into the Torah in this week's Parsha, in the fact that he sort of erased his name from the openness of that anybody can read, he put it a little bit deeper, planted where it can grow in the root system. When you plant something in the roots, underneath the ground, you don't see it, but that's where everything comes from. Because that's where the plant, the, the trunk, and the, and the branches, and the fruits, and the leaves, everything comes from the roots. If the roots are rotten, there's nothing to look forward to. There's going to be no growth. But you don't see it. Doesn't make a difference. You can see a, what looks like a healthy, you know, in this storm we had trees falling all over the place. But the tree looked healthy. Yeah, but the root system was probably rotten. It wasn't holding. And it fell over with a, a little wind and rain. There's nothing, they couldn't hold on to anything. This is what the Mitziv says. It's a beautiful piece. And that's why the Medrash says, If not for the Torah, my, my play toy, I would be lost in poverty. We sing this as a beautiful song, right? It's a, a good old Kalbach song, right? What is the connection? As the Mitzvah, you see, because here, Moshe Rabbeinu, in the disguise of the Big Day Kahuna, was the root of Aaron in Torah, what the world has from the, his Torah, of his personality. And that's why, like the Mishnah in, in Berkeyova says, Hillel Oimer, Havemi Talmido Shel Aaron. It's all there. This is from Talmud of Shalaron. We could be a Talmud of Aaron. Where is he? Where, I don't see him sitting in the classroom. But we can. We have the possibility of being a Talmud of Shalaron. And Moshe Rabbeinu even more. He put in the Koyach of Chidush, the Koyach of being able to look at something fresh, look at something new. And, and see, wow, this is enlightening. But we all know it's there. Like the Vilna Goyen says, Moshe's there, Benister. It's all Moshe Rabbeinu. This was his gift. 
In that Messiah lies everything, as the Gemara, as the Gemara itself says in, in Megillah. In Megillah, Megillah Esther is the, is again the 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 portal, the window to everything. The Gemara here says Yutes Amud Beis that the pasuk says by Matan Torah. Megillah 19? Megillah 19b. Mm-hmm. It says, when it, in Dvarim, when it, in Voschanan, when it talks about giving of the Torah, so it's, He gave me the two stones. It was written with the finger of God. We know what the finger of God means. That means it's mm-hmm. infinite. Mm-hmm. Now, we couldn't handle that. And therefore the eagle came and we got a new Luchos. Says the Gemara, what does that mean? All these words that Hashem spoke on the mountain. What does that mean? The Ten Commandments. What else? Says the Gemara, we learn from here. That showed visually. Moshe didn't share that with everybody. He saw visually. Where, it's, where this is going, and where you have to help take them. Dikduke Torah, all the Dikdukim, every Chiddush, Umasha Soifim Asidim Lechadesh, and what the future generations will be, Mechadesh, and add to the Torah, Umaniha, what's that? What is it referring to? Mikra Megillah. Mikra Megillah is, 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 and what, what does it mean, Mikra Megillah? Why not Megillah Esther? Because it's always being read. It's we, when you read it and you Torah Peh, you see what it was being meant. What did Esther Mordechai write there? Not the book that that Achashverosh wrote. His book was just a storybook. And his book, who Achashverosh? He was Berishos. He didn't see a, a, anything. He's just looking at the blue sky. Didn't see anything. Moshe Beinu was given and shown that there'll be a time, Mikra Megillah, the reading of the Megillah, how it's going to be read every Purim, every year. It's going to be expressed and it's going to be celebrated. What's going to be celebrated? The Kibu Vukibu, the, the rededication of the Torah. And this is our, our Rishoyim, over the years, our enemies desperately didn't want this to happen. And, and that's why when 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 Haman threw the dice and it landed on the month of Odor, says the Gemara on Dafyud Gimlam Bay, Somach Simcha Gedoila. He was so happy. Wow. Go to Vegas, I won the jackpot. Odor. Why was he so happy? Because it was the month that Moshe Benu died. And the Gemara says, the Loihoya Yoidea Shabeshiva other mace of he didn't know he he was born also there. What do you mean he didn't know? The same Wikipedia that says that he died on Zion order says he was born on Zion order. What do you mean he didn't know? Well, the same Google, Robinson Google, right? Knows uh, the same information, but. When Moshe Ben lived like he thought Moshe Ben lived like everybody else at the time he gave us a Torah and he gave us, but he lived his life and he died. It's over. 
Little did he know, he didn't know that Moshe Rabbeinu died, but he was also, he never died. He, he, he was living. He was also born on that day. And when he was born in Zion Oder, and he was, and he created and gave us the Torah, gave us a Torah that is, is infinite, is eternal. They can put on all the big dekuna they want. It's never going to extinguish the Kedusha that lies in the base Amigdash because it's not in the building is torn down. That's above ground. But beneath ground, we talked about it. It's, it's internal. That Moshe Rabbeinu dug a little bit deeper in this week's Parsha. That's why Parsha's Tetzaveh was chosen. Because to give us this Moshe on the country, this Moshe of Beged, of the, that's, that's a clothing. You can only destroy the clothing, the externals of Claudius, so not the internal. Aaron is, Moshe Rabbeinu made sure that Aaron is rooted in the Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu is rooted in the Torah. It might take another thousand years till Mikra Megillah, till the story of Purim happens, and we rededicate ourselves and fix up things that we've we haven't matured. But we'll do that, and that's what Rashi says here. Kedai Haleda, Rashi and Yud Gimel Beis. Kedai Haleda shetechaper alamisa. It's worthwhile the birth of Moshe Rabbeinu to atone for his death. What does that mean? But what's Rashi saying here? Rashi is so they talk about this. Rashi, the the Oznaim Lutayra brings it, and other Sforim bring it. Birth atones for the death. Yeah, how could it doesn't make any sense? But in Moshe Rabbeinu's world, in his eternal existence, Va'ato Hakrev, he and now you, he planted himself in the Torah through the Mishkan. Because the Mishkan, as we said, was a place where every single Yid had a chalik. Everybody, everybody had a chalik in the Mishkan. Somebody asked me, number four, <coughs> what is, what's the symbology? It's four, <coughs> so, and Moshe Rabbeinu's first letter of his name is Mem, 40. Man, very good, yeah. And he's bringing, Nigla and life, he's bringing yes. life to the world. So like the Mem usually means rebirth. Right. Right, the, the 40 is of Sinai. Now it's like maybe Moshe is put in 40 years of his life, there was right. a big change. Uh-huh. Right. So the, the Mem, the, the 40 is rebirth? 40. Yeah. So the, the, the birth, his is birth, eternity. Is birth for the is world. Eter- yes, yes. Is That's why Moshe lived, uh-huh. he went up to Shemaim for 40 days, uh-huh. and he lived 120 years because it's 3 times 40, uh-huh. you know, um, 3 times 40. And this is what, this is what the... the mm-hmm. This is this is what this is what we mean. Moshe um, Rabbeinu, beged, beged means rebellion, bogadnu, Hashamnu bogadnu, but it's also in that begida, in that is is sometimes is sometimes also the birth of a new level of understanding, and that's why it's it's in it's in sequence. Beis Gimel Dalid. After the Aleph, which represents Hakadosh Baruch Hu, you have Beis Gimel Dalit. That's Begad. The Big Day Kahuna represent an eternity that 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 it can never be extinguished. And this this also this also um, 
this also connects with you know why it's Parsha Zohar is also around this time um, you can say we learn from our enemies the enemies yes yes so the Chassam Soifer also talks about this and in the Drushes, um and, and he, some of what we, we spoke in the is also gleaned from from his perspective that this is a this is a gift to Moshe Rabbeinu. Yes, he's being in his punishment for what he didn't want to accept was his revelation of what he has to offer. And that's the that's the that's the secret here. Moshe Rabbeinu realized that why and realized why he was the only one, and this was his journey. Moshe Rabbeinu's journey, but his journey didn't end with his death. On the contrary, he planted his contribution on a root level in through Parshas Tetzaveh, which is the the, the second uh, uh, stage of the Veshachanti B'Seicham, that the, like the big Dekuna dress up and conceal the inner kedusha of every single Jew. Right? The Kahanim are just our messengers. They re- they represent us in all of their <coughs> in all of their their avoda. And this way, Moshe Rabbeinu revealed to us a deeper secret of our eternal light and our eternal kedusha and our eternal connection with Torah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the that's the. Um, that's the that's the connection to to all these things. So the, the our enemy goes for the the happenstance of life. Yeah. To say okay. you're really not so close. Okay. Have a good Shabbos. Is that what